So before we get the interview going, I just wanted to get a little transparency out of the way. I talk about Pathfinder Nexus a lot on social media. I have sometimes been accused of shilling for them because they pay me, and uh, they don't. I am not sponsored by Pathfinder Nexus in any way, though I would love to be. Though, I did receive a content creator code after this interview, gifted by Adam. It was not a term or condition of this interview. I really wanted to have Adam on to talk about a product that I really enjoy. It is also apparently very easy to get a content creator code if you are a content creator and want to talk about Pathfinder Nexus or demonstrate it on your programs. I already owned most stuff on Pathfinder Nexus. Uh, the code got me Agents of Edgewatch, High Helm, and a couple other bits here and there. But uh, yeah, I, I just really enjoy Nexus. And I'm really glad that I got to have Adam on to talk about it. But again, just to be clear... I don't receive any monetary gain from any of you using Nexus or uh, joining it. So that would be cool if it changed. I would love to be able to say and use promo code RULER2E for 20% off or something like that. That is not a real code yet. Finally, at the end of the episode, I mentioned that I would love to get a Blue Sky invite. And since recording this episode, I have. So if you are on Blue Sky, find me at RULER2E dot blue sky dot social i'll admit that part's a little weird but uh yeah let's reform the 2e community on blue sky i would love to get off of musk's twitter okay with all that out of the way here we go Welcome to Rise of the Rule Lords. I am your creamy and chunky Rule Lord, Pete. I am very excited today to talk about something that I really enjoy about Pathfinder 2nd Edition. You've heard me talk about it on multiple episodes, as well as probably on Twitter. That is Pathfinder Nexus. I've said it a bunch of different times. It is my favorite way to consume the books of Pathfinder because they're great, but I personally have had trouble reading static lettering on books and PDFs don't always show up well on things like mobile phones or on pads. So I have become a big fan of Pathfinder Nexus because of all the various ways that it helps me consume Pathfinder. I use this app called Spreed to read it when I am going through the different chapters. I use it all the time, even with my VTT campaigns. I have the Demiplane page open and I'm going through the chapter. I can use control F to find the things that I need. So it's great. But whenever I bring that up, there are always some doubts about if this is the right tool for people. And I wanted to produce an episode to essentially assuage those fears. And I am very lucky today that I am joined by the very maker of Demiplane and thus Pathfinder Nexus, Chief Development Officer Adam Bradford. How are you doing today? Hey, doing great. Thank you for having me, Pete. 
I am so glad that you're here. And I do have to get off the bat that I am a huge fan of Pathfinder Nexus. As soon as you guys got live and I got the core rulebook, I was a bit skeptical like most other people. But once I got to using it, I fell in love. And it is now, as I said, my favorite way to actually read the Pathfinder books. So thank you very much for both making it and coming on to the show to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate the kind words about that. And honestly, it's always really encouraging at this point in the life cycle of everything that's going on because we've been at development with this for a year and a half, probably Mm -hmm. trying to get all of the groundwork and foundation laid. And ultimately, the way that we view this, this really is just the start for us. Having that kind of reaction here at such an early stage is always an encouraging thing. But honestly, if you like what you see now, you ain't seen nothing yet, really. So we're really excited about everything that is coming ahead for it and excited to get off to a really good start. There are always challenges in any kind of software development and anytime you're trying to develop something that is this complicated, it always brings with it challenges, but we're kind of emerging from the other side of the tunnel now and off to a good start. So really glad to hear that it has been something that's useful for you and your games right now, but we're going to continue to make so many improvements and, and kind of make this an essential resource for Pathfinder players out there. And I really think that it is. It's something that I hope more people will be utilizing. I personally would love it if there became a subscription version of getting the Paizo book and the the Nexus thing completely skipped the PDF. I know that that's business decisions that you guys have to work on, but I would be 100% on board with that because I, I love it so much. But for those who, for some reason, haven't heard of it, let's first define it. What is Pathfinder Nexus and its parent company, Demiplane? Yeah, Pathfinder Nexus is an official digital toolset for Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and it is something that ultimately kind of our three core launch features that we have been working on is, first of all, a digital reader. This is the place where you're going to be able to go and access the book content. Sir aging technology, lots mm-hmm. of improvements that can be made over PDFs, especially at this point in human history. This digital reader really is just a starting point for us. This is something that we have had to take a stair-step approach for these three features. And the digital reader was first because we had to take the content from InDesign files, is how publishers in the TRPG space are going to, across the board, they're going to use Adobe InDesign to put together yeah. the files. We have to take that raw content, get it into a digitized format that we can then use in the other launch features that we're working on. So the digital reader is kind of a necessity to start with that. Then we use the information that we had there as we got it to that digital form in our game compendium. So that's the second big launch feature here. And that game compendium is taking that same information that you have in the digital reader content, but then displaying it in different ways. The two primary ways that we do that is we have rules listings, and this is going to be where you can go and see creatures and spells and 
different items. And that is presented in a tabular database format where you can find things quickly and easily with advanced filters. You can sort things that you want to sort. You can compare things by expanding the content and seeing what is available inside there. And that's kind of the first way with those rules listings. And then we also have what we call primers that are taking some of the more complicated or at least robust game elements. This is going to be your classes and ancestries and archetypes that have a little bit more going on with them, especially any kind of content that could have additional content added in future supplements. The whole point of the primers is to aggregate all that information. So you should be able to go to the Barbarian Primer within the game compendium on Pathfinder Nexus and see everything that you would want to see about a Barbarian in that case. That game compendium is, again, kind of that second step Mm -hmm. in the process. We have to get the information into kind of bite-sized molecular chunks is, is what we say sometimes internally in order to be able to use that game mechanic information. The third and final big launch feature for us, which are our character builder and a digital character sheet. So this is where you can quickly, easily create a Pathfinder character. I know that I've done this by hand and by paper yeah. a few times <laughs> with second edition. It's definitely a lengthy process, but being able to do it digitally, you can get through that much, much quicker and more conveniently. Then that digital character sheet is becoming something that in recent years in the industry, games that are able to offer this, it's something else to go to conventions and see people playing off their phone or their tablet. Mm -hmm. It really is becoming a mainstay out there. Providing that for Pathfinder as well is a big deal. One of the things that we don't maybe think about as much with the digital character sheet that is a big deal for us is this idea of being able to continue to engage with your characters outside of sessions because I know that I've told the story many times that I used to spend an embarrassing amount of time on the World of Warcraft Armory website (laughs) just imagining this make-believe future for my character my orc warrior that I was playing we connect with these characters in ways that we don't even fully understand a lot of the time this digital character sheet is a way that people if they're in the line at the supermarket waiting for their school pickup or whatever they can pull up these characters that they love so much and kind of theory craft and imagine what's going to go on in that character's future who this item would be great for my character those kind of things so those are the three core features and pathfinder nexus is comprising those three things right now and then there is a big roadmap that we have where we're going to tackle encounter building and a variety of other things in the future to continue to build out a really comprehensive suite of tools that are going to help people as they're playing this game so that's Pathfinder Nexus. And then Demiplane, very briefly, Demiplane is a company that was founded by Peter Romanesco and Travis Frederick. I met them a couple of years ago and I really loved what they were trying to do. And we kind of looked at each other and said, hey, this this D&D Beyond thing has gone really well. What if we did this for other games out there? I kind of changed the course of what Demiplane was doing. I joined the company. It's been a really good ride so far, but as I mentioned earlier, this is kind of just the beginning. We are just now getting to a point where we're having conversations about, hey, we actually have a product now. Yeah, We're going to keep building from here, but this is the first time that we're really acknowledging that we have something that is close to complete in a state that we would be happy to put it in front of fans out there for them to be able to start using. So Demiplane is really trying to provide high quality tools for people playing a variety of 
these games and, and well past and beyond just Pathfinder. We have several games that, that we're going to be doing this for because we really do believe that D&D Beyond has really changed a lot of the way people want to play Dungeons & Dragons. I play all of the games out there. I play many <laughs> of these games and I love them and I love Pathfinder. I, I think and our entire company thinks that all of these games deserve nice things and we're trying to you know provide some of those nice things. And you have a bunch of cool ones already on there. Avatar, Vampire the Masquerade, Alien even has one. I didn't even know that Alien had a role play game. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an incredible game. I love Free League and Alien is something I actually ran at a convention fairly recently, but it really captures the feel of Ridley Scott, James Cameron movies and all of that. One of the big factors that kind of indicated that my season was kind of over at D&D Beyond at the time was I, I really did want to do this kind of thing for other games. And as Wizards of the Coast, everything was transpiring there. Mm -hmm. I became very disillusioned with the direction all of that was heading. And I knew that being able to do this for some of these other games was just not going to be in the cards in that situation. It was a pretty easy decision for me when it kind of came to that point that it's like, what do I want to be doing right now? That's what we've been up to at Demiplane. We describe it as a tunnel internally. Mm -hmm. We've been in this tunnel for going on two years, but we're kind of emerging and seeing some light right now. It's kind of blinding like Iron Man coming out of that cave. We're really working on getting everything together and we're really, really excited about these days ahead because we've just spent months and months in development making a platform and a lot of people kind of have the misunderstanding out there, which it makes sense. You're not in our internal meetings and you don't know what's going on. It's taking forever for Pathfinder and it has taken a long time, but many months for Pathfinder, we're already working on Avatar Legends and admittedly avatar legends is a much less complex game powered by the apocalypse is much simpler than than what pathfinder is doing but we're going to be talking in units of weeks to be able to get that game ready for character building and, and digital character sheets instead of units of months. And, and this is a testament to the platform that we've built. And honestly, it's a survival thing for Demiplane. Like we knew that we had to go this route because we thought that at this point we might have one or two partners that we've signed and we've signed something like 12. I mean, the public doesn't even know about most of them yet. We have a huge, huge pipeline of games. And we knew that if we were going to cover all of those games, Games and give them nice things as our mission is that we were going to have to have a really flexible and powerful platform. And the great thing about it is as we come out of that tunnel, blinded by the light a little bit, is the early signs as we're starting to move into some other games and even continuing with Pathfinder. Since our open beta launched a couple of weeks ago, we've had over 200 tweaks and additions and improvements. Our teams are able to move very quickly and that's all all because of this platform we've built. Seeing the early signs that our hypothesis is paying off is really encouraging. What do you think was the gap that you saw in consuming Pathfinder when you went from doing D&D Beyond to deciding that you're going to make Pathfinder Nexus? As I kind of mentioned earlier, PDFs are, are certainly an aging technology. And I know that within the Pathfinder ecosystem, PDFs have become a big part of it. And I want to be really clear here. Right? If PDFs are working for you and your groups, that is fantastic. Because at the end mm -hmm. of the day, we just want everybody in the world playing these games. I think the world will be a better place if everybody in the world play these games. It's great if that is working for you and your group. I know that over the years, it hasn't worked for me and my 
like so that was a big part of why I started D&D Beyond in the first place. As we were looking at that landscape and again trying to provide these nice things for other games, Pathfinder was the natural choice. The second most played game out there and mm-hmm. out, outside of that that walled garden that, that Wizards of the Coast has. I think that with Pathfinder, the ecosystem has been really well served by a variety of community-driven tools over the last couple of years. A second edition has been around. There's been some outstanding work done by a lot of people. We see some gaps out there, but it's more about being able to provide a comprehensive experience in one place. I know that a lot of the community tools are doing things, specific things. Some of them are doing it really well, but we're trying to put that all in one place. And then especially considering that for us, it's not just Pathfinder that we're doing this for. It's going to be dozens of games. There really is a multiplicative kind of effect to what's going on as the demiplane ecosystem continues to be built out in the coming months. We certainly don't want to step on anything that people, especially people who've been volunteering time. It's incredible what Pathfinder fans and the community have been able to do out there. But having said that, we still do genuinely believe that we are going to be able to provide a really premium experience. We wouldn't be doing this if we didn't. We're not We're not there yet. Like, the, like I said, this is just the start, but we're going to get to a place where this is a premium experience where you're getting the best of those different tools. And the idea would be you would get them all in one place. I have a folder on my desktop that's says Pathfinder and has maybe 25 different links to various different tools. And they're all great. Like Archives of Nethys has been fantastic compendium. Pathbuilder was what I built my first character on back during first edition and was pretty quick on getting on to second. But they are just teams of like one, two, maybe. But it is nice to have kind of a spit and polished team behind making these resources. And I would love to have a one-stop shop to be able to do what all of these different tools can do, even if I have to pay a little bit extra for it. I think when we're going through the process of of getting D&D Beyond up and running, there were a variety of community-driven tools at that time as it came onto the scene. And I've gotten the question a couple of times recently that people have said, hey, like it, it, it seems like when that blog post went out, people are really harsh in the comments. Or have you seen this in Reddit where people are misunderstanding what Nexus is? And, and my response to that is certainly not hand-waving it, but to some degree, I lived through a complete genesis and introduction of this concept of D&D Beyond with a a fan base that was at the absolute best apathetic about what we were doing and at the worst were just downright nasty. What was waiting into Reddit several years ago when all that was happening was you were kind of taking your life into your hands when you were doing that. It it was just a, a soul crushing experiment. I think that as we are entering this we're certainly seeing, uh, you know, some misunderstandings out there. We've been focused a lot on development. We haven't been focused too much on communication and messaging. And those are some things that are going to start coming as we get the product where it needs to be. There's some confusion in some places. There are some complaints about costs and some things like this. But it is a very encouraging thing for us to see when someone is saying, like, this looks great, but... I don't want to pay this much. Like we are very satisfied with that because if we had problems like this really sucks, I would never use this. Yeah. (laughs) That is where we don't want to be, right? 
we understand that change is hard and making entirely new things are hard. It's hard to come into a fan base and an ecosystem that has been operating in a completely different vein for years. I wouldn't at, at all presume to say that Pathfinder Nexus is at a point where, hey, you can just leave everything that is currently working for you behind. Like I would, first of all, I wouldn't do that in general. Like if you and your group are happy with what you have, then I, I genuinely am very happy for you and your group. And I hope you get to play more frequently than a lot of groups out there do with life and everything that gets in the way. But at the same time, we understand the proof is going to be in the pudding and yeah. we're going to c- continue to be heads down and work on things. I saw this with D&D Beyond as well. When D&D Beyond first emerged, which I do want to make the point that Pathfinder Nexus, we understood that we couldn't start where D&D Beyond did because people are very used to that now at this point, like what mm-hmm. years into D&D Beyond. I can say that we are much, much further along and we're in a much better place than we were at D&D Beyond at the same amount of development in the life cycle. But yeah. even so, it still is a starting point and we have work to do and we're just going to keep doing that work. Somebody in the early D&D Beyond days, I remember very well made a very popular video that was out there was like, is D&D Beyond worth it? The answer ultimately in the video was no, that it just doesn't have this and that and X and Y and Z. And that same individual, I won't name drop here, but that same individual within about a year was making entirely different videos about D&D Beyond and was <laughs> begging us to be sponsored by D&D Beyond and all, all these things, right? Because we put in the work and and I'm really happy to say that at Demiplane, we have an incredible team. We have a team that is comprised of many people, many refugees from from D&D Beyond (laughs) and some folks that do incredible work. And we're going to put in that work. Even if Pathfinder Nexus isn't your cup of tea right now, I really encourage you to keep sipping the tea from time to time because (laughs) it's going to keep getting better and better. That actually is one of my questions is I believe in fair wages for fair work. And I recognize that the people who are making the community content are doing it for passion and love and any support that they get is largely from things like Patreon. And if you want to throw some bucks their way, then people do. But you guys are running a company. Obviously, you need to to make some money too. So what I wanted to have people understand is what goes into making a copy of a Pathfinder book? Like what what is all the work that it takes? Because I think that there's a misunderstanding that you're just, you know, pressing control C, control Z <laughs> into a, a website thing. And I think that there's a lot more to it than that, right? Yeah, yeah. There's so much more. And kind of what I mentioned earlier, everything comes to us in raw Adobe InDesign files. And we essentially have to export that into just some super, super basic HTML that is just a mess when it comes out. And one of the things that we have done internally, we we have this internal platform that we call Tabula. And Tabula is a, a genuinely impressive piece of software in and of itself that the public will never see. This is the tool where we take that raw content and massage it essentially into what comes out in the digital reader content and then what inputs into each of the game elements that are in the game compendium. And then all of those things end up of course, downstream in the character builder and digital character sheet. And and ultimately with all of that information for the digital reader, some of the layers that we're putting on top of that is it's it's not control C and then the control V. (laughs) It's once that content is there, we also take it very seriously that many of the digital tools out in space, virtual tabletops, they're 
going to take content and there is going to be some light theming. If the tool is taking it seriously, it's going to look a little bit like Pathfinder. For us, we take it very seriously that we want to truly do a digital translation of that book. We're not always going to be able to do some of the cross-cutting bleed effects that a printed book is going to pull off, but we have some pretty sophisticated things that we're doing to, to make that experience act and feel like that book as closely as we possibly can. There, there's a lot of work that goes into making sure that Secrets of Magic doesn't look like the core rule book because the printed book doesn't look anything like the core rule book. That's the first step of that. We have people that are really doing the art part of that. That's a big deal for us. And then as it comes into the game compendium, this is capturing every single element. Pathfinder, I think I saw a number today. I mean, it, it, it's so many thousands of game elements, whether it's spells or creatures or items or conditions. Of course, that's a, a fairly static set. But with every new book, there are new elements that, that, that are coming in here. Rage of Elements has a lot of them that's coming up pretty soon here. <laughs> we have a game content team, and, and this is an incredible team that we have internally. They really are just all stars, but they are experts in Pathfinder, and they're taking this content and parsing this into individual molecular things and making sure that that's available in those listings and those primers. They are the ones that are taking that and aggregating all the things about a barbarian in the barbarian primer, but it really doesn't stop there. So once they have all of that identified, they have everything set up for the display where we can show that listing. We also have to get it prepped to work in the character tools. And this is where they are adding modifiers. So this is another system that layers on top of that saying that this spell does 4d6 acid damage and, and, and getting that in to really a data format that is going to be able to inform everything that's happening with dice rolls. Because again, as you can imagine, we're going to have some f- fun with dice in the future. Right now it's <laughs> click, click it and you get a get a result, but lots of stuff in store for that. So we're trying to prep all that. We're trying to prep for combat tracking. We're prepping for temporary effects. I mean, these are things that I always wanted to do at D&D Beyond and we never got to do them because some of the stuff started changing with Wizards of the Coast. I think that this is really just a a huge amount of work making sure that all of that data is layered on top of all of these elements. And again, you might not see the results of that today, but in another year or so, this is where we're going to start seeing the impact of how all that works. And then on top of that, then we have an engines team that is using something that we've developed internally, that whole flexibility of the platform I was talking about earlier. We have a visual scripting language. It's kind of like level builders, like a level building team in a video gaming software development where you have someone making the platform, but then you have to have essentially artists coming in and saying, hey, this is how I'm going to use this platform to make a really cool level for Halo or whatever the game is. With that, we have this engines team that is then taking these elements and connecting them together and everything that you're seeing in the builder and on the sheet, these are all these engines that they've built that are manipulating this logic that is connected through those engines to make all those things appear. And that's why when we start on Avatar, when as we have started on Avatar, things, things are moving very, very quickly because we've done this once with our pilot with Pathfinder. It really is a ton of work. And I think that the really important thing is that if it is a PDF, that PDF is a result of a process that is getting a book ready for printing. So when you do layout, and, and by the way, that in and of itself 
itself is an enormous amount of work that the Paizo team is doing to get that book. And, and Paizo does an incredible job of this. Beautiful books. I love everything that the Paizo team does there. As they do that, there's essentially a button that they hit to then make a PDF from there, right? So you're getting just a direct copy, essentially, of what was sent to the printer. What we're doing with this is we're putting it into a format that it is responsive where you can use it on a mobile device and it doesn't, you don't have to zoom in all the time and all those things. We are providing cross links. There's a lot of work to go into, say, if we're referring to section A1 of a map, let's make sure that we're linking people to get to the description of A1 as quickly as possible. We are manipulating images to make sure that all of the gorgeous artwork that's in all of these things is making it through into that digital reader. We're doing tooltips. So all of that work to parse out these game elements, we then have all those game elements available that we can go into the content itself and map that to produce tooltips and sidebar drawers. So the philosophy that we're constantly using is we are constantly trying to figure out the threshold that is going to work the best for players out there between what information is available at a glance versus what is a click or two away. We never want it to be more than a click or two. There are going to be circumstances where that is the case at this point, but we're working to eradicate those instances, right? That's our quest to make this as convenient as possible. Even things that we weren't even able to get to when I was at DDB, but it's like you can click on a certain item and you can add notes to that item on your character sheet where every time you reference that item, the note's going to be right there with it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're putting in notes right where you need to see it, when you need to see it, trying to determine is it important that we have the entire note of what there is in view or is it more important that, that there's something special about saving throws and being able to click on that and then everything that is specific about saving throws that you would need to know in that circumstance would be available to you. So tons and tons of work goes into providing all of that nuance. Much of that work is prepping for a future that we haven't quite gotten to yet when it comes to temporary effects for your character that when I'm raging, my sheet is changing and it's showing the impacts of that. When I have a condition, it's going to impact that. When I am wild shaping, it's going to impact that. So all of those things are are what the team has been working really hard to, to prep for. I have definitely felt that amount of work that you put into making these books as a game master. I have loved being able to be in the adventure because that's part of what you're doing too is you're not just making the rule books. You have many of the adventures, hopefully all of them pretty soon, as well as you recently announced that Pathfinder Society is going to be added soon. So there's a lot of features that I have loved as a game master. But from your mouth, what do you think are some of the best tools for game masters to use with Nexus? I really do love getting this question over the years. And one of the stories that I'll tell, anecdotal evidence here is often going to be a little bit more impactful. I remember when we were working originally to bring DDB to life, it was kind of a late pivot. Being really transparent, it was kind of driven by pricing discussions that we were having with Wizards of the Coast because a lot of people don't understand that often pricing is not directly in a licensee's hands. 
it's far more driven by what the licensor is looking for. And I remember those discussions initially D&D Beyond really was going to focus exclusively on characters and managing characters. When it became apparent that Wizards of the Coast was going to kind of force a consistency in digital pricing, we understood that we had to offer more to make sure that it was worth that cost that, that was going into that. This is really where this digital reader experience really came from. So we had the opportunity to sit down and think about what is it that we're trying to do here. And for years, I've used a variety of virtual tabletops and all kinds of tools. I used to make my own access database, ridiculous things for fourth edition of D&D. So over the years, I've used so many different things. And one of the things really was that that experience of reading the content is often very, very binary and very just transactional to me. One of the things that we wanted this to be is we wanted it to feel more like the excitement when you go into a bookstore and you pick up one of these books and you start thumbing through it. We wanted to try to recapture that digitally as much as possible. But so again, this is where the look and feel and the polish and everything really comes into play. But at the same time, we want to leverage all the capabilities that digital has for you. I remember having discussions of like, okay, we're going to do this for these rule books because that's where character options are. And and I started really pushing even back then. I was like, no, I think that this can be really something for adventures as well. And I, I saw it in my head before it ever became a reality that it's like, look, I'm going to have this reader open while I'm running an adventure. And I actually ran an adventure and, and I, it was pre-release Tomb of Annihilation at, oh. at the time. And I we had that put into our test environment before it released, before D&D Beyond even released fully. And I was running the adventure for people in the office there. And I never have run an adventure without using a digital reader like that again. Like I, I, I can't fully explain what the, what the convenience of that was for me, yeah. but even, even the simplicity of being able to control F if you needed to on the page, that's always a little finicky in a PDF and, and being able to see that tooltip because often when you are running games in order to keep the flow going, often you don't need like a full blown stat block. You're trying to remember one quick thing about how many hit points did that creature have or what, whatever it was. I saw that there was just this like eye opening experience with that adventure content that being able to hover over a zip and get this hover card, being able to say, oh wait, what was in A3 again? Click and be right at it. Being able to quickly pull up a map that was right there and get like a high res version of it, even if I was just screen sharing with the group, all of those kind of things, it, it wasn't any one thing. It was just kind of having it in that more modern and accessible format, just again, anecdotally made it such a better experience for me. But then over the years, I knew at that point, it was like, hey, this is going to be hard to explain to people why you should try to run like while having this open. But if we can just get them to, to use it once, like I think that so many people are going to see how nice this really is. And and that has proven to, to be true over the years. And the same thing with Demiplane. We have other things that we plan to do even with that. Like There is a future where when you open a map inside 
the digital reader. It's going to have the embedded locations of the map that you can hover oh, over, cool. it, click on it, pull it up in a sidebar. So many, many enhancements that we have planned there. But even in its current state, as you kind of started the question off with, there, there's something that that's tough for me to explain, but I do encourage people even to try some of the free adventures that we have up on Pathfinder Nexus. Little Trouble and Big Absalom is a great one. I've ran that so many times. Go check that out and see how convenient that really is. And even the possibility of using that alongside your favorite VTT and all that, it really does work. And again, that experience is just going to continue to get better as we add some more of those digital reader features. And that is a really big component of modern TTRPG play is virtual tabletops. My preference is sitting at a table and rolling math rocks. It's the way I think the game is meant to be played, but virtual tabletops have become a necessity, especially after the pandemic with friends moving all across the country. So is there going to be plans for Nexus support for the popular VTTs, especially with this new character builder that's in beta are people going to be able to make that their one-stop shop for the character builder of of making changes in nexus and seeing those changes on their character when they log into a vtt the sky's the limit here even at dnd beyond this was something that i wanted to do all the time we got our, our hands tied a little bit on some of this but we have no such restrictions with what we're doing now i think that we are going to have an api that is going to be something that really any developer out there should be able to, at a minimum, use a JSON-style export for character information. It's very much on our roadmap. I used to say it was on the roadmap at D&D Beyond, and I was telling the truth. But again, variety of factors kept deprioritizing that. It is a priority for us at Demiplane. Now, our first priority is nailing the character experience in general. So we still have some work that we're doing on that front. The moment that we feel like, hey, we, we really are in a strong place here, our focus is going to shift on that because what is great about what Pathfinder Nexus does is it allows you, if you are going to be unlocking digital content, it allows you to unlock that digital content on Pathfinder Nexus and then really carry that with you wherever and however you want to play after that. You will be able to take that information and be able to port that into, I know people are very familiar with things like Beyond 20 out there that did this in kind of a hacky way with Mm D&D Beyond. We plan to do that kind of thing in a non-hacky way. Like we are going to work with community developers. We're going to provide documentation. We're going to provide ways to do this because, um, you know, that's obviously a win for Pathfinder Nexus if you are unlocking content there, but also the people who are operating the virtual tabletops out there, it's a win for them as well because they have someone using their platform and paying the the subscriptions and the licensing fees and everything else that have to happen in order to use that. They are going to be happy with that too. And we saw the same thing at DDB. That's how that played out. And then finally for players, this is a win where they are able to have this on Nexus where they can have all the portability that that means, that they can read the content if they want to on their phones, they can pull up their character, create new ones really quickly wherever they are, and then being able to take all of that information and then pull it into, because I know a lot of people and, and even myself for personal games that I play, I'm playing in a variety of virtual tabletops because often it is down to what your game master is willing to put up with or prep for, <laughs> what ends up happening a lot of the time or what they're used to 
maybe one-stop shop, being able to have all of that information in one place that could then translate into any end places that you want to be. And then not to mention Demiplane, we have group portal capability, video conferencing. The tech underlying technology is really solid. We just need to go back and really put a new fresh coat of paint on everything and get all of that experience integrated better into these digital tools that we're creating now. And that's something that we expect to start getting into in the back half of this year a little bit more. But if you want that end place where you are going to play to be Demiplane, you absolutely can do that. But we certainly are going to keep everything as open as possible where people can take their characters and their content and be able to play with that wherever their preferred spot is. So you've mentioned a lot of talk about the roadmap, things that are coming. A lot of awesome sounding stuff looks to be on the way. What are some of the features that we can expect to see really soon that you can talk about? Yeah, yeah. We're very transparent with kind of what we're looking at ahead. And when we're talking about the open beta in the phase that we're currently in, uh, we have a variety of smaller features that are filling out this character experience and making sure that it's comprehensive. We have uh, Animal companions and familiars are going to be fully supported in the the character builder and sheet before too much longer in the coming weeks here. We're going to have things like formulas. So formulas currently are obviously kind of a special case. We almost threw something in there that was kind of just a stopgap, and we decided that it would be better for us to just do the real support. That's on the short-term roadmap that we're working through. Little quality of life things like being able to buy equipment instead of just adding it to your inventory. So those are all things that are on that short-term list that we're looking at. Another really big one is homebrew. So right now you can make some customizations to things in the sheet, but we don't have that widely supported. So we're going to kind of take that in stages where you would be able to grab an item, not only change the name, but change some of the statistics for that item kind of on the fly in an ad hoc manner. You can remove runes and, and add new runes and those kind of things, but we'll continue down that path. But then we will have a full-blown true homebrew system. And homebrew is something that I was never happy with in my past life. It's something that we're taking very seriously because we are fully cognizant that the future of what Demiplane is doing is going to really revolve around what users are able to create out there. The first stages of this homebrew system are going to be definitely headed in that direction. That's another really, really big thing that we're going to be working on here in the, the next several weeks. And then past that, some of the longer term stuff. We're definitely going to get into what I call challenge management because that's just my more generic term that I use kind of across all games because some games call them encounters, some call them scenario, like yeah. different terminology. But whatever challenges the player characters, we're going to get into that for Pathfinder. We're really looking forward to those days. The character experience is so cornerstone to everything that we're doing that we have to take the time to really make it great. When we get on the other side of, hey, this is pretty great. We've still got things that we're constantly adding because Pathfinder is constantly releasing new things, but it is a pretty great experience. When we start getting into things like encounter building, that is that is going to be a walk in the park for us. Like we can't wait for those days because the complexity of pulling that off is in a completely different category than trying to bring this character portion to life. Really looking forward to all that, that lies ahead. Another thing is we've got some special stuff coming for the Harrow deck. So we're going to get our feet wet a little bit with some drag and drop style card physics and stuff that 
that should be just kind of a fun thing to do. So what would you love to see Nexus become? Like pie in the sky, logistics isn't an issue, money isn't an issue. (laughs) You just get to make your golden program. What would you want to see that end up being? What is interesting is I'll certainly give you an answer to this question, but at the same time, what I would say to answer this question is going to be what we're pretty convinced we're going to do. So, so I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure if this is like pie in the sky kind of stuff from the standpoint of as long as we're still around and as long as the industry doesn't completely implode, which again, no signs (laughs) of that, we are swinging for the fences and we are dreaming big and I'm a dreamer. I don't think I could live without thinking about what's next. I have a degree in religion and philosophy and also in sociology Mm -hmm. and human behavior is fascinating to me. I think that there's probably a book at some point that's going to work with some psychologists and everything else to try to understand why we connect with these characters as much as we do when we play these make-believe games. Given that, one of the things that I used to do when I first started playing that I know so many people continue to do to this day, as do I, is thinking about these characters when you're not actively playing in a session. And (laughs) what are the ways that you can continue to engage outside of the sessions? And honestly, the best game masters that I've ever had when I was really doing my peak level game mastering over the years, I don't quite have as much time as I would like (laughs) for that these days. But it's like I used to do almost like homework assignments with players and have things that happened in between sessions to generate hype and excitement about what was going on. I really do think there's a future where with Pathfinder Nexus or the games that Demiplane supports that you have not only your character and your content and everything there, but possibly even mini games that are available that you could do between sessions. These things aren't fully fleshed out, of course, but it's like, what would it look like if you had a platformer style mini game that you could have some representation of your actual character in pixel art form even, <laughs> where you're jumping and you can over time work it up that if you get to a certain level, you could train up a proficiency level in acrobatics or like those kinds kinds of things. I really think there's a lot of room for for that ability. What would it look like to have some kind of rhythm tapping game that was hammer and anvil that that if you did it you you got proficiency in crafting of some sort. Like like those yeah. kinds of things. I I do think that that there's room for that. One of the greatest things that I used to love, like everybody talks about Knights of the Old Republic in in such glowing ways and yeah. rightly so. It's still one of the biggest twists that by the way I did figure it out before the twist. <laughs> Either way, it was still great. And you're like playing this and you're seeing it. One of the things that I love the most about that was Pazak. And it was this little mini game that is in this game. Pathfinder has actual in-world games, the Hero Deck being kind of a light example of that, but Mm -hmm. in-world games that what would it be like to have that game available that groups can play if a couple of people don't show up and they just want to have a lighter session that night or in between sessions, they're doing these things to earn gold at the tavern or whatever. All of that would have to be done in a really tasteful way. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, I really think that there are ways 
ways that in the future players are going to be able to engage with their favorite characters outside of these sessions. Because it's like I just saw Across the Spider-Verse. It's incredible. Everybody in the world should see that movie. And as I'm watching this film and just admiring the masterpiece of the art of it, I find myself thinking about it. Just my stray thoughts are kind of filled with this art that I just observed. It makes me want to go and play Spider-Man on the PlayStation or whatever. That kind of feeling often happens in tabletop role-playing games. And when we're younger in college, where you can skip class if you want to or whatever, it's fairly easy to just, hey, we're just going to play again tomorrow night. And that's not a reality for many of us these days. What are some ways that you could do that, you know, continue that connection between sessions? So that's something I would love to to crack that code. So I think you've given a lot of really great reasons for people to get into Nexus. But I know that there's still probably people who worry about the cost, especially if they've already purchase the book, they have the PDF or maybe VTT or Hero Lab. So what is your final pitch for them to get into Nexus? I think one of the things that that I will very transparently start with that that I think I've at least touched on a couple of times uh, as we've been talking here is that if you are currently playing Pathfinder and what you are using works for you and your group and you are happy with what's going on, then we're not trying to push any kind of agenda or any anything on you and your group. I'm very happy that you're satisfied with what's going on there. And what we would ultimately say is that we think that we are putting together something really, really special here. And it's the early days of it. I think that if you try it out, I think you're going to see some flashes of greatness and some of that specialness in there if you try it out. And even if you don't, we are going to be working and we are going to be adding more and more all the time. So again, if what you have done and the money you've spent and all of those things are working for you and your group, then that really truly is wonderful. If you are a new player, which we are seeing droves of new players come to the game, by the way, our success is definitely in a place that we love seeing what we're seeing here at this early stage. And the data that we're seeing is 60% of what is coming to our platform are people who have never played Pathfinder before, which is just fantastic news for our hobby and for Pathfinder itself, right? If you are a new player, you haven't made that investment yet, this is a great, great place for you to start. The other thing that I will say, again, just very transparently, I'm always going to brass tack this stuff, is that I see there uh, the arguments out there sometimes mm-hmm. about it shouldn't cost $1,200 to use Pathfinder Nexus. It does not cost $1,200 to use Pathfinder <laughs> Nexus. That is if you are buying every single thing that Paizo has put out on the uh, on the platform, yeah. that is what that cost is going to be. And that's also not considering that if you already own the PDFs for that content, it is not going to be $1,200. It's going to be considerably less than that because you get a deep discount through the Paizo Connect API, 33% $10 discount per book that's coming through there. It doesn't cost that much. The other thing that I would put a challenge out there, if anybody actually owns all of the Paizo content and you have actually played through all of it, I want to know who you are. Like, because again, <laughs> like they, they put out so much content that it genuinely would be the most impressive thing in the world. If you've played every adventure path, if you've played every standalone adventure, every bounty, every Pathfinder Society scenario, bless you. Like that, that is an incredible accomplishment. At the end of the day, it's a misnomer to say that it's going to be $1,200 to use Pathfinder Nexus. If you are a 
player, the entry is much less than that. You, you will buy a couple of books that have the character options that you're looking for in it. In the future, we are going to make that an easier thing. We are going to have piecemeal component purchases that if you want to just buy this individual ancestry that you want to play with, you'll be able to do that at a lower price point. That is something that we will be adding in the future. So again, I just want to make sure that that message gets out there that, that no, it doesn't cost $1,200 for you to get started or to play with Pathfinder Nexus. The other thing that I, I would love to, because this is the thing, um, you know, I see a lot of times it's like, well, you don't have to pay that because all of the rules are available for free on Archives of Nethys. And, and they are, and that's great. Mm-hmm. The rules are available on Pathfinder Nexus for free as well. Because again, we are doing everything that per our license with Paizo, we are following all of the official pricing that is going on there. Game mechanics, for us, that breaks down into the game compendium. So feature two out of three that, that I've talked about here in this interview is that is entirely free. So you can go to those listings and you can go to those primers and see everything, all of those mechanics for free. And the game compendium is something that will be expanding. So for instance, right now we don't have deities or we don't have hazards in there. All of those things are going to be added as we we have a little bit more recovered bandwidth here from some of the big push for character tools. By the end of this year, this is going to be a really, really complete set of these game mechanics, and that is all going to be available for free. So really the cost to unlock content is reading it in this digital format that, as I talked about, is going to be similar in name to having that PDF, but I think it's a a much better experience to read here. And then the character options, that's the piece that, again, per our license, that requires that cost. Just some of the myths that I've kind of seen go out there to try to dispel some of that. Another thing that I will bring up is as the remaster is happening. It's coming and it's coming pretty quick. I've been really impressed with the speed and agility that Paizo's moved here. As the remastered content comes, this is a wonderful time because Pathfinder Nexus will be up to date right from the beginning with the remastered Mm -hmm. content. If you are trying to check out Pathfinder or you really want to try out Nexus with this kind of a clean start here with remaster content. This is a perfect time to do it where it's not going to be $1,200 to catch up with content that you're likely not going to get to run with the time that you have here on this earth. I'm not getting into the fact that it's coming or why the remastered thing is existing with the kerfuffle with the OGL and all, all those things behind it. But what I will say is that since it is coming and many fans out there are pretty excited about what it's doing, this is a, a wonderful opportunity to onboard with Pathfinder. I'm excited for the remaster. Personally, I know tons of people are. I'm excited to see what you bring to Nexus when the remaster happens. And I am excited for all of those cool features. Again, I use it constantly. I'm going to definitely encourage my players to make a character. I know that on my other podcast, the actual play that I'm doing, Ash and Snow, we're making our characters on the character builder. And I think it's just a great tool. I hope that people who have listened to this episode have seen some of the value in Nexus. Whether you choose to put the money into it or not, that's all up to you, like Adam said. But I think it's worth it both as a player and a game master. So going from here, where can people keep up to date with you, with Nexus and what Demiplane is doing? Yeah, you can definitely go to Demiplane.com and that's where you're going to be able to kind of have a launch pad into all the various games that we are supporting 
coming. As I teased a little earlier, we have several that we haven't even announced yet because our dance card has been pretty full, but we are getting ready to dance. We're really looking forward to those days ahead. That's a great place to keep up with everything going on. You can go to pathfindernexus.com and see everything for Pathfinder. And I do development update streams each Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific. And that is on twitch.tv slash RPG. This is a place where we're going to share what we're working on, what we just completed, what is on the short-term roadmap or, or on deck for us to work on next. The other thing is it's a place where you can ask me questions and I really do answer virtually everything that comes through. Come ask questions if you have them. I welcome all of that. And then finally, if you want to hit me up on the only social media platform that I really spend time on because it's something that is short enough for me to be able to read with the time <laughs> I have is Twitter. And you can find me there at Bad Eye Adam. Adam, it has been great to have you on. It's been great to listen to you talk about Nexus. I can tell you have a lot of joy and pride in it. And I think that's well-deserved. It is a great A tool, and I'm glad that you have brought it to us. I love all the community tools. I use them, but I am very excited that there is like an official Paizo partnership to make all of these things. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for making Nexus, and I really hope for the best for Nexus's future. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, thank you so much for having me. I really think that probably the defining characteristic, if I boiled my life down to one word is passion. And I think that we are all very lucky if we get to follow our passions. Like that is to to me kind of what is best in life. And I can tell you that definitely following passions here. And and we've got a very passionate team and it comes through in, in what we're making. It truly is a joy to get to work with such an incredible team and to work on this kind of thing. And we're really excited for the days ahead. There you have it. Go check out Pathfinder Nexus. If you're a player, try out the open character builder app. I have used it. I really like it. I know that there's improvements coming its way, but I mean, even just toggling around with the the backgrounds that they have is pretty fun. It's it's a nice tool. You're going to like it. And check out all the other things that Nexus has to offer. I think you're going to have a good time there. So did you get on to Nexus because of this interview? Let me know at Rulord2E on Twitter. Hopefully not for too much longer. We'll see if I get that blue sky invitation at <laughs> some point. Or send me a email at rulord2e at gmail.com. Anywhere that you go, it'll be at rulord2e. But until next session, don't let the rules rule you. Uh-huh.